a lot of sex because she's a germaphobe. You're listening to Talk Sports. She says she does not let her sex symbol status transfer into her private life. She also forces her partners to undergo STI tests. STI. What does the I stand for? Infection instead of diseases. Learn something new every day. On 1340 WKGN. Hey, big boy. I hear the way you read these headlines. Tell you about the Hunger Games. Maybe we can go to a Golden Corral when we're done. How's that sound, Jenny? Hour number two. Kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Hour two headlines. What do you got, Cody Mack? Thanks, John. Patrick. Welcome. Patrick Mahomes also won the MVP last night. He's now a two-time Super Bowl MVP. That stands for most valiant player. Yep. Took you a long time to think of another word that started with a V. Voracious. Vo- vo- vocacious. Where are you at in our book? Uh, I only read 20 pages this weekend. So, so you're like 170? So yeah. I got to 152. Okay. So I read. I meant to read more on Saturday and Sunday. I just found I found myself watching college basketball. I watched a lot of the I watched a lot of the Bama Auburn game and the Creighton UConn game at four o'clock. I don't know what I was doing that kept me from reading. And then Tennessee at six. And then I was so disgusted with that that I didn't bother reading. And then yesterday I was just Super Bowling it up, getting drunk. Yeah, it's hard to do much on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, that's one of those days where you're just sitting in front of the TV. I actually wrote. Like, that's what I did yesterday. I wrote. I got the got the pen back out and. Oh, that's good. What'd you write? Just, just about my the vibe check of the basketball team. You gonna release an article? I already did. You did. Patreon.com/slash Reads Ranch. It was just for my subscribers. Yeah, Cody's not a subscriber. I'm not a subscriber. It's fine. It's fine. You think I'm gonna give? Him money That's to read his articles? It's good content. It's good content. You really put out an article? Yeah. I mean, not nothing like crazy. It was like maybe 500 Was it an AP style? Uh, no. Not professional? No. Yeah. I didn't do like the, the official, like the way to the score. And did the first paragraph. I didn't put Knoxville, Tennessee, like where I wrote it from or anything like that. You didn't have a byline? Yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't mess with all that. Yeah. Did the first uh, paragraph include the who, what, when, where, and why? Uh, no. Well, the first paragraph was like talking about how the train's derailing and little East Palestine joke there. About how we didn't get a thousand dollar offer because you know what's going on in Ohio. <laughs> you might not know what's going a, on. A in train Ohio. did derail yeah. there, but they're trying to keep it. Well, I know they, they went up. They yeah. went out and they offered all the residents that had been affected only a thousand dollars, and people were like, some lawyers were like, hey, maybe don't take this money because it might be you like releasing any like claims to damages yeah. like long-term damages like because these people all might get like millions of dollars with how like messed up their area is going to be for the rest of their lives so yeah they're all a lot of them are unfortunately probably going to get lung cancer yeah but the, co- the the company came by and offered them all a thousand dollars yeah what is that that's why we're that's the hearing thing. about uh balloons right now Oh, well, funny you should mention that, Bear. The U.S. military shot down another high-altitude object from the skies yesterday evening. This time it was over Lake Huron, according to sources, somebody's sources. The third in as many days, there's the one over Montana, Lake Huron, and then where was the other one? There's one over, there's some in China, too, wasn't there? 
Didn't China claim to shoot something down too? I don't know. People, I, people are saying it's aliens, but I think it's just the Chinese. Would be my guess. But Bear asked an interesting question last night. Does well the way he asked it, I can't exactly say it, but he said, "Does Canada not have a bleep 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 Air Force?" Why couldn't Canada handle this? Why do we have to be the ones? I just took it as our guys enjoy doing it, apparently. Yeah, they probably do. It would be a fun job, wouldn't it, to be like an Air Force Shooting pilot? Down balloons? You're not Hell really yeah. killing anybody. No. I mean, I feel like killing people would be more fun. But, like, if you were just an airplane pilot and an Air Force pilot. But that's a pretty exclusive club from what I hear. Uh, military guys have told me it's, you know, being like a pilot in the Air Force is one of the hardest things to do or, or like, hardest to get into. It, it's it's more of a boys' club, I think, mm, Good old boys, the Air huh? Force. What about flying planes for the Navy? I think that's more doable but probably also hard. I always found it weird. That You'd have to ask gun, a military I always man. Thought it was always found it weird that Top Gun, like, Navy yeah, and not, like, Air Force. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure it makes sense in, like, the military ranks and them flying off of, like, ships out in the sea and everything, but I always thought that was weird. I think the Air Force has their own version of it. Yeah. I know, I'm just talking about the movie. Like, I oh. thought it was weird it was Navy instead of Air Force. Like, love that movie. First one's pretty overrated. Second one's great, though. Megan First Fox. one I'll hold up for me, Baron. <coughs> Take your time. Uh Megan Fox got Megan, you choked up. Megan she Fox. all of Machine Gun Kelly off of her Instagram. Megan Fox has broken up with Machine Gun Kelly. How does that make you feel? I feel like the passion must have subsided. They were very passionate with each other. They burned out and, too quickly. Uh, it must have burned out, yeah. Much like Billy Bob and Angelina Jolie. They were doing all kinds of stuff to each other. Yeah. You ever read about them, Bear? Machine Gun Kelly and uh, Megan Fox? The only thing I knew was... He, yeah, her engagement drinking ring, each other's blood and stuff. Mm. Like her engagement ring, crazy. Like had like some kind of spikes or something on the inside of it. So it, yeah, crazy passion between those two. I don't know about passion, crazy. Yeah. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in that room when they were getting it on. Cam Thomas has apologized for an insensitive word he used in a post game interview. Uh, Cam Thomas is a basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, he he used the phrase, and I'm quoting, no homo, end quote, during his uh, post-game interview. He was talking about, yeah, we got some good-looking guys on the team or something like that. Yeah. He, said, he said, quote, no homo. He should have said pause <clears throat> instead. Yeah. Pause took the place of that phrase, so he could have said that and not been fined. I want to apologize for the insensitive word I used in the post-game interview. I was Did excited you see the about the win. Did you yeah. see the clip? It, the te- his teammate, Spencer Dinway, is like just laughing like, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. I was excited about the win and was being playful. I definitely did not intend to offend anyone, but realized that I probably did. My apologies again. Much love. It's a throwaway comment for many, but for others it's extremely hurtful. I wonder if gay people are hurt by that. And today's tweet of the day in regards to this. Oh, no. All these straight people saying it's okay. LOL. Let's see what a gay person thinks about it. At Ben Simmons 25. 
Well, the Taliban appear to be bored, and they miss the good old days of being in jihad. Um, they're complaining. They say it used to be better. It was more fun back in the day than it is now, say Taliban leaders. Yeah, in the email. So basically, uh, one of the guys who is now having to work a like nine-to-five desk job wrote an email that went viral like last week or maybe the week before, and I guess now it's gotten around to... Cody, one of Cody's headlines. Sides. Yeah, he's yep. gotten around to the headlines, but he, he he was like talking about how traffic is terrible going to and from work. Basically, I get I hate getting caught in traffic. He's like, basically the, like the all my free, high. I don't have any time for free time. <laughs> like I don't have any time to do anything. He's like back in the day, you know, we just got to kind of be outside and like doing activities and stuff. And he doesn't like the the city life of Kabul. Yeah, he says I haven't brought my family Ooh, to Kabul. Kabul. The cobble, yeah, sorry. The rent of houses is very high for us since our salary is no more than 15,000 Afghanis, roughly 180 U.S. dollars. I don't like Kabul. Kabul. Kabul is ever-increasing traffic. Back in the day, I could just be in the Taliban, hanging out in the caves. Hanging out with the boys. The good old days. Hanging out with Osama, plotting terrorist attacks. Just hanging out with the boys. Well, what his they call them just missions, probably. <clears throat> What's that? I mean, Bear called them terrorist attacks. I mean, that's how we phrase them. But I wonder what they called them. Just holy war missions. Destiny. Yeah, I don't know. Must go fulfill this destiny. I, I don't know. Doing the world a favor. Fans at the Super Bowl. Uh, were treated to history last night. And yeah, that was a great performance by Rihanna, I told you. Uh, well, no, th- this was uh, something that happened in the pregame. It was a pregame first. You ever seen this before? No, you haven't, because it was a first. A U.S. Navy flyover piloted by seven women. All women. To commemorate 50 years since women were allowed to become U.S. Navy pilots. Ah, I should have transitioned into that one right after you were talking about Navy pilots. It's Okay. It was further down in my yeah. bookmarks. Yeah, only so much you can do. Yeah. So, uh, history. History made last night. Uh, apparently, uh, more than half of Twitter's top 1,000 advertisers in September were no longer spending on the platform in the first weeks of January, according to data provided by a digital marketing analysis firm. So, uh, more than half, if you looked at September, people who were advertising on Twitter businesses uh-huh more than half of them are no longer advertising on Twitter and uh, Jan- as of January so basically Is Twitter because Elon losing business it yeah. says yeah last headline I got one I can help with if sports wise if you need one I have more you have more okay did you want me to do the last one yeah I just didn't know if that was it Blackout rage gallons are the new craze at college parties. They're calling them Borgs. Borgs. Blackout so, rage gallons. So this Borgs. is a gallon of like Everclear. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, basically. Hunch punch. Everybody's got basically their own gallon. You're putting hunch punch of, in your own gallon and you're supposed yeah. to drink it. Borgs. That's a pretty good name for them. Borg. Blackout rage gallon. Would you try one? I mean, buddy, back in the day, I mean, that's kind of what they gave us at. Oh, it's not like this is anything new. Bar Knoxville, I guess, is what it was called then. Like it was just, it was called fish bowls. Then they just gave you a, your own like big jug of basically a bull, like basically what they're yeah right there, and you just carry all these big ass fish bowls on the dance floor, which seems kind of wild in in hindsight. But you know they're they're uh, the taking a lot of the 
those great places out from the strip now. I would not con- consider that a great place. <laughs> I, I'm I'm completely fine with them taking that down. You know, something else that's going on down there that I've discovered as uh, someone with my ear to the ground. Sure. Uh, a couple of these places, I won't say them by name, okay, but they're really taking advantage of the situation, raising prices, charging people like fifty to seventy dollars just to get in. All underage people, underage people, yeah, yeah, because you know some of those bars down there are notoriously sure. for, for their underage bars. You know, that's if you I don't know people, how they operate. Well, if you can get people to pay fifty or seventy dollars to get in <laughs> underage, and you charge enough of that, it'll probably pay your fines in case you get busted for selling serving underage people. So I guess it, well, I think a lot of these bouncers are just pocketing oh some cash. Ooh, nah. There's some guys down there making some money. Yeah, if I was underage, I probably would have paid fifty dollars. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 20. I, I don't know how they're 20 might have been my max. allowed to operate, though, with being with Who them. knows? There's a new bar on the strip. Yeah, they just opened a new one. It looks pretty cool from the road. Yeah. What's it called, like Undeclared or something like that? Yeah. The, they're just, the next one, where they're just going to name Underaged. Like, which spot is it in? Basically, behind where, like, I don't even, Cube, if you remember, Cube is here down the corner. So, like, it's right by the standard that. Well, that's so there's the you red, know the yacht club. There's the red light in front of like Firehouse. We can go up the hill to the library, and then there's like on the left, there's like where Gus's is. Oh yeah, on the okay. it's on the right. So like not the very one on the corner, but like on the side there. I, I don't. Is it where McAllister's used to be or not? Fort no, Sanders not. Yacht Club. You know where that's at? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right by the Chipotle. Oh, okay, right okay. behind the Chipotle. There. That's where up the on Chipotle the top end. The yeah. 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 Okay. The main intersection there. It looked pretty well, nice. There've been the road. so many. Looked pretty nice from the road. Yeah. The bar section. Yeah, I think it's uh, popular. It it opened up on Friday, I believe. I drove by it on Friday. Actually, it looked like it was yeah. like a soft open. Like it looked like it was like a fan, friends and family. What time thing. was that? Because there was a line out the door. Oh, okay, by then I guess not. It, it, it was. About, I guess that's fair. It was like eight o'clock. So I, I I thought they were just doing like it looked to me like there was a bunch of investors and like parents and stuff in there. They were kind of showing around. So I, I kind of assumed it was a. There was a line out the door. Well, never mind then. Later on, all those places have long lines now because yeah, there's, there's, like there's three not of enough of them. No. But it's uh, you know you gotta have the housing, so I get why they gotta have the housing, and then I guess they put bars in. Did you have a headline? I was just gonna give some baseball news to people since baseball spring training is here. Uh, MLB's joint competition committee has voted unanimously to make the extra inning rule permanent for all regular season games moving forward. That means a runner will be placed at second base at the start of every inning. So. Uh, they're going to bastardize baseball. I'm ready for the Vols to get started. Won't be long. Friday. I'm ready for the Vols to get started. I started taking sign-ups to give away some tickets, and they got my juices going, starting to look at the schedule. We got you know some pretty good series, Vanderbilt, A&M, and Florida, all top ten teams coming in, so that'll be a pretty good pretty good home slate. Last yeah. year was kind of weak, but this year, pretty good. We'll you talk- got uh, season tickets, right? Yeah, yeah. If you want to get on a list for any of the games, let me know. I'm getting my list ready to keep up with. So let me know if you want to make any requests. Is there a wait list? Uh, some of the games are full. So, I mean, I wouldn't say a wait list, but, like, I'm trying to map it out. That way I kind of can make sure that, you know, people are taken care of. How many seats are there? Four. Yeah. Well, I'll need two. Yeah. Just let me know what game Just maybe you're me. eyeing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the two seats. Vandy and Florida will probably be a little hard, but the other ones I could probably get you in, most of them. Midweek games? Yeah, two. midweek games you can have anytime, pretty much. Yeah. You got season tickets? Mm-hmm. They told me I got the last four last year, is what they told me. 
I've never been to a game over there. I'd like to go. Okay. They play Friday, you said? They're not they're, not at home. No, they're in a tournament yeah. away. Yeah. It's a real real game. Real though, game. They yeah, they count. Yep. Okay. We've yeah. got uh, uh, Coach Vitellis coming on with us tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. That'll be good to hear. Are you going to play that game with him again? Jam or not a jam? Yeah. Yeah, we always do. Do you ever put any stones on there? No, I'm like I always say that, and then Russell has to remind me that you know the whole point of the game is you don't you don't pick songs that everybody would that everyone says are a jam. You got to pick yeah. debatable songs. Yeah, I and mean, you might do it differently for me because I've got some odd takes on. What was that one you discovered last night? <clears throat> that I I don't I don't like it at all. Money for nothing. That's it. Oh yeah. Well, just the riff. I like the the riff there. We got a top ten matchup coming to Knoxville on Wednesday. Alabama, officially the new number one team in the country. Tennessee, maybe surprising to some, stays at number ten. So top ten matchup inside Tops and Bowling. Tennessee goes zero and two, zero and two last week. My six and one down the stretch is on life support already. We'll talk. We should about talk it. about that basketball. We'll talk about it after the break. It's Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio. Bitch. Well, we get a top 10 matchup, but the boys are floundering as Tennessee basketball loses on another heartbreaking buzzer beater. Two in one week. Tennessee, Missouri was a fun game. Tennessee lost. They've played bad, basically in four straight games. They've lost three of them. Cody, how do you feel? Sometimes the Lord giveth, sometimes he taketh away. They say that he gives his biggest battles to his toughest warriors. Please stop, big God, because I can't take no more. That's a tough week. (laughs) I mean, because you had both games. Both of them ended pretty much the same way. You needed to hit some free throws. You didn't hit them. You left the other team a prayer, and both prayers happened. Doesn't usually happen that way, that you get beat on two buzzer beaters in one week. We can't seem to get that 20th win. We're sitting at 19-6. and six. We could very well be 21-4. and four. I didn't necessarily come out of Saturday feeling bad, other than the anger right at the buzzer. I mean, the offense got going. <laughs> that was good. Our seed is diminishing. Yeah, it looks like we're going to be a three seed, uh, maybe. Yeah, at best. I mean, it could, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, that seems to be kind of the new goal, I guess is what I should say. Yeah. Disappointing, but um, what can you say? I mean, you lost. I'm choosing to look at this with a glass half full mentality. I thought the first half was dreadful. Then I thought in the second half, the team actually played inspired basketball. They did. And to me, some of the things that maybe we could take away from this game will matter more than the actual result. Like, uh, uh, Julian Phillips, you know, played 10 minutes, couldn't go. He had hurt his hip on Friday in practice, according to Rick Barnes. He was really proud of Phillips for trying to go. 
but he just couldn't do it. So you're without your two five stars. Granted, you know, I don't know if anybody still thinks of Josiah as a five star versus just like him being a, a veteran at Tennessee. But either way, you're without your two best like perimeter defenders, especially if, against anybody with size. So you're kind of shorthanded. And you're down 17. We're probably a couple minutes away from getting some booze inside Thompson Bowling. And then you saw the return of Gonzaga, Tariq Key. Yeah. Yeah, he put it on him that second half. And he did. And, you know, I thought that could maybe be more beneficial than anything. Like, I, I would, if, if you told me Tyreek Key was going to even be a, like, 13 or 14 points a game score moving forward, not, not necessarily has to score 23, but, like, if you just told me he was going to be more aggressive and find his confidence again, I would say it was well worth losing the game against Missouri. I also thought that, you know, I give credit to Barnes for trying some different things. I, I did laugh out loud whenever you saw B.J. Edwards get brought in the game in the first half. You're like, wait, so this guy is going to play some this year? Like, we're, we've just been letting him chill on the bench. Like, we we, we are going to throw him in there. And I thought he looked okay. You know, he got to the rim. He hit a jump shot. I'm like, okay, maybe this is a, a new wrinkle we could see moving forward. He didn't play in the second half. We'll see if he, you know, cracks the lineup anytime soon again. I would be surprised if you saw him against Alabama on Wednesday. But, you know, I thought it was a statement to bench Olivier Cumwa. I thought it was similar to last year against Texas where Barnes benched Candy Chandler and the team went on a run, you know, almost came back and won the Texas game. And then Candy Chandler responded to that and became a five-star NBA point guard, and he, like, carried you down the stretch. I'm hoping that Olivier Cumwa has that same wake-up call and he plays better from getting benched. But I thought, you know, to change the inter- energy – Putting in Jemai Meshack, excuse me. To put in Jemai Meshack and tell him just, hey, you go try to shut down Kobe. Kobe's busting her ass. You go try to shut him down. I thought Meshack played great, and I thought he really changed the energy, and I thought he really, you know, ramped up everyone's intensity, and I thought he showed, hey, I can be this defensive stopper. He had a couple nice blocks that changed the energy there. I thought Toby Awaka, you know, came in and really gave you good minutes. I thought his lane violation was about the dumbest thing you could ever have in a, you know, a situation where you're up to shooting a free throw. Like, that's the one thing you couldn't do is get a lane violation because it stops the clock. Even if, even if Vescovy had missed that second free throw, the time it would have taken Missouri to get the rebound and then push, like, the game's over. They're not hitting a half-court shot. But a lane violation allowed them to get set and actually get a full head of steam and, like, you know, hit – hit a shot at the end on a full run from 40 feet. So I thought Awaka made a really bad mistake there, but I thought he played really well. I would like for him to go better than one of six from the free throw line, but I liked his energy, especially when the other big men on your team are so wishy-washy. I can't trust Kumwa to play with intensity. I can't trust Jonas to play with intensity. Euros will come out with intensity, but I can't promise that he'll play smart and do anything good for you. So I did think that there were some real positives here that hopefully Tennessee can build on. It's the lack of consistency that's frustrating. Yep. It's yep. Um, yep. some players showing up for some games yep. and then other games they don't. Like yep. Uh, yep. You, If yep. you could get all your guys playing well at one time, eh, you would be one of the best teams in the country. Yep. We, we've seen it. We've seen it happen. But, uh, you know, it's good to see Key have a big game. He put the team on his shoulders in the second half, and I, I thought... Was finally looking for a shot again, too. I really thought we were going to win 
like I, I wasn't even thinking about losing. Once we got up like six there, I was like, oh, I feel good about and, this. And and it was then, just like the damn Purdue game in the tournament where we could not put them away and they just kept hitting yeah. big contested jump shots. Like that, the one three they hit with about two minutes left was as good a defense as you could play and the guy sunk it. And I'm just like, man, really? They're just not going to go away? And that Kobe guy, I mean, he was, he was good. We kept him on the bench for a little while and then, you know, he came back in and uh, – they had one guy foul out. Zakai fouled out for us. Well, right? he's then, to me, he's the most frustrating player on the team. Like, I get he's the energy guy. I get he's going to you know guard you ninety feet and make you work for it. But his foul that fouled him out was about as dumb of a play as I've ever seen. Somebody that's supposed to be a leader of your team. Like, never mind that it fouls you out of the game, but like it puts them on the free throw line in a three point game with under three minutes left. Like, what are you doing? We pretty much have to have him in the lineup, though, don't we? I mean, because nobody else really distributes the ball. Tennessee didn't hit any field goals after he went out. Well, they scored some free throws, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they hit any field goals after that. He does do a pretty good job of getting the ball around and and you know doing what a point guard should do. He had uh, he ten assists, yeah. ten assists, and only three turnovers. He he played point guard pretty well for him. Yeah, so I feel like you really need him, although he's frustrating at times. I, this team has, to me, a lot of guys that are that go from being frustrating to, you know, then all of a sudden they're good. It's like like Kamwa, you know, the what he did against was in Texas. He had twenty seven and just dominated. And then I, I take that uh, back. By the way, you did have hit a field goal after <clears throat> Zakai fouled out, so that was wrong. I would like to see some consistency. I mean, I still think if this team is playing well, they're pretty good. It's weird to say that, having lost three of the last four, and really feeling like you've lost four in a row the way that Auburn game went. Yep. It's been a rough couple of weeks yep. since the Texas game, but, yep. I mean, last week, you buzzer beaters. Back-to-back buzzer beaters. Could have gone either way. Losing yeah. on back-to-back buzzer beaters is – That's painful. Really painful, especially when it's, you know, paired with your with your best shooter of Escovy missing free throws that could have iced the game. Like, that's just kind of – I don't want to say like it's funny, but like I did laugh whenever I hit the shot. It's just kind of like, what are you really like? Again? This is what we're gonna do, yeah? Like yeah. really, really? How do we feel about our defense? I, I, mean, I think you're having a little bit of regression. Missouri is a fast-paced team that jacks up a bunch of threes, so like I'm not necessarily worried that they scored 86 points, but like you did have some quote unquote bad luck with some of the threes they hit, but. The analytical people said that you were getting some good luck in the early season where people were missing some open threes and that it would regress a little bit to the mean, and I think you saw that against Missouri. I didn't didn't think the defense was terrible against Vanderbilt. I thought that was more of an offensive letdown in that game. And I thought the defense ramped up during that, you know, 16-minute stretch where you came back from 17. I thought the defense was pretty good. I just thought Missouri had some really tough shots. First half, they were just draining everything. And you were looking at threes, right? Yeah, and you looked lost on some of them, and some of them were just contested. But you looked know, looked like you might get ran out of the building yeah. for a for a minute there, and you didn't. No, they they really showed a lot of fight in the second half. I was proud of the team watching the second half. I was really proud of them after I had taken a halftime money line bet for the Vols to come back and win. I was Ooh. really proud of the boys, Ooh. and then had nobody that, believes in, in them like you. Then and then had that completely smashed yeah. on that. Uh, buzzer beater I was like damn it that was tough that was tough uh next game is gonna be pretty tough I don't, don't know if we're gonna have to worry about a buzzer beater in the next game 
We'll talk more about that and get ready for Alabama and kind of what happened in the rest of the SEC this weekend. Stick with us as Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio. Tennessee basketball continues to struggle, and they are facing a team that looks to be kind of a juggernaut coming in on Wednesday. Alabama went into a raucous arena on Saturday, took an early punch from Auburn, and came out victorious, 77-69. to as they were able to make plays down the stretch. Auburn was too busy flopping around again. They didn't get any calls. And Brandon Miller made a couple big shots, made a couple nice passes, and Alabama remains a perfect 12-0 in SEC play, and now they're coming to Knoxville. Number one versus number 10. Well, Are you scared? That's uh, I am surprised we're still in the top ten. I thought I might see that we were thirteenth, fourteenth. I guess some other teams are doing badly as well. Uh, am I scared? Yes, yes yeah. I am. Yes I am. I, yeah. That's what I'm. I was saying I don't think we're gonna have to worry about a buzzer beater in this game. I think we might get uh, ran off of our home floor. I am going I we're to gonna get our ass kicked. guess that uh, Tennessee is going to be favored in this game. Well, that's cute. Small, about one point or so, but I do believe we will be favored in the game. Look, if the boys show up and play the way they're capable of playing, I can see us winning the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Alabama team that shows up that showed up against Oklahoma, I can see us winning the game. But based on the data on how we're doing right now versus how they're doing the last, I don't know, let's say a couple of weeks, if that continues to trend, I, uh, it's going to be ugly. Going to be ugly. Bear, are you scared of Alabama coming in this weekend? It, it's not scared, but I'm just realistic. I mean, they, more than any other team in the country, have been the most consistent uh, team all all season and they're I mean they're just a, they're a juggernaut man. Uh, I'm stunned that you think that we're going to be a, a one, even a one point favorite. The metrics have us as a two point favorite, and usually that's really? yeah. Ken Palm has Tennessee as a two point favorite, so like usually it's semi you know it's fairly in line with those projections. I think the public will bet Alabama. I would say like by tip, we'll, it'll be like a pick 'em. Yeah, to one point. Like again, I think it's gonna be a. Sm- I would be shocked if the spread was over two points either direction. Like I think it's gonna be, you know, maybe Alabama closes as a one point favorite or whatever. But like it's gonna be within two points. I'm getting real tired of the of metrics. These metrics telling me we're better than the '96 Bulls, and then we're, we don't come out and look like that. Sure. I need either the metrics to say, okay, guys, we were wrong, or. I want our team to play like the metrics say we should. I we, want the two to align. Despite our recent struggles, we are still fourth in the country. Ken Palm? Yep. Well, again, last week. Alabama's number two. Here's the thing that's frustrating and weird. You've got people who are at the point where they're, and it's probably the minority, but they're 
at their wits end with Barnes. They're done with Barnes. They want him fired. Yet, if we had just won the two games we lost on a buzzer beater, we'd be 21-4, and four, and we'd be looking at that Florida game like, ah, that sucked, but, you know, we've really responded since then. We've won three in a row. Haven't played our best basketball, but we're winning. The, the narrative would be so different. The narrative would be this team is gritty. If you won three really yeah. close games, like that's yeah. how you have to win in March. That's now, how you got to win. Now, there would still be people. advance. There would still be people criticizing and saying the team hasn't looked crisp. And, like, that, they, they would be correct. Like, the team is not peaking. But also, like, the criticism has been that Barnes' teams have peaked too early. So, like, yeah. I, I, I think, I hope that this, this team's best basketball is still behind them. Or, you know, it's still ahead of them. I guess I should say. It looks whoa, whoa, like it is. Whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. Bear started pointing at me and made me nervous. I hope that this team's best basketball is still ahead of them. That's why I'm looking and saying, okay, we finally got good Tyreek Key again. A good, aggressive Tyreek Key. If we can take him and then implement him into a more aggressive Julian Phillips and a, a healthy Josiah Jordan-James and, like, Kumwa can get playing better, like, this team can still be just as good as anybody in the country. Now, is that going to happen on Wednesday against Alabama? I don't know because I don't know if Julian Phillips will play through his hip injury. They might just be like, hey, go ahead and uh, try to get healthy. Yeah. I don't know if Josiah will play through his ankle on Wednesday. They might be like, hey, go ahead and get healthy. But, you know, I- I'm hoping that this team still has its better days ahead of it. I am kind of excited to see if M- Meshack can bother Brandon Miller at all defensively. Yeah, boy, the, the matchup just seems the, – the way that Alabama's built – I mean, they're all so long and they're and long and strong and down to get the freak stuff on. Yeah, sure. incredibly athletic and oh yeah, they're they're like stallions out there. Yeah, like, nightmare scenario to me is is looking out there and seeing uh, poor Jonas Adu being drawn out to the three point line to try and guard somebody that can move. Yeah. I mean, how does Zakai fit in this game? Well, that's the thing is like we we can't we don't have any size on the perimeter, and like Vescovi is a gritty defender, Zakai's a gritty defender, but neither one are very what you would consider big. Yeah, I I don't feel good about uh, the Alabama game. You know, I don't like the way we match up. I don't think most anybody can match up with them though, and they've Houston. been in some close games. When I was watching them against Auburn, I was like, yeah, they're just they look. The closest to an NBA team that I've seen like so oh, far, yeah. just in terms of a yeah. bunch of lanky guys that are athletic. Now well, their bodies haven't filled out. Like, you know, they're not all like muscular and NBA guys, but they they're all they're, they got the length. They're like a G League team. Yeah, they got the length. Yeah. They always look to me like they're whenever you see I'm watching Alabama, it looks like when their guys get the ball in the perimeter, they're they're looking for an any way to attack you all the way to the rack. And yeah. that's not something – we don't have that. No, no. We don't have a backup point guard right now. I did appreciate seeing the way some you know. of our guys attacked um, against Missouri in the second half. We did we did attack the rim, I thought, in that game. I mean, the sad part is um, the most aggressive person is Jemai, and he's just not very good offensively. Yeah, just not good enough. I thought he did a pretty good job of creating. Like, he got into the lane and made a couple passes. Like, But, yeah, he can't. Really shots be the score himself. And shots just don't fall, John. No, he's not a very good offensive player. But I do think, like, if he can get there and create opportunities for other people and drive, and like that could be good. But it was kind of 
frustrating whenever he kept ending up with the ball with about five seconds left on the shot clock. I'm like, how is this happening? Why is he the guy having to initiate this offense? Like, I was stunned. Uh, it was when Tyreek, uh, I don't know why they collapsed down on him. He probably wasn't going to make it, but it was late in the second half, and then Missouri collapsed onto Jemai, and then he dished it out to the key, and he buried one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Key was great. Because I remember thinking, I was like, why are you – I just let him go. He's going to miss it. It's a tough, tough, tall task in front of us. Uh, the schedule down the road is tough. Alabama, I don't know that we can win the game. But you know what they say, though? The the ball is round. The ball is round. The ball is round. and uh, Anything can happen. Any given Wednesday. They also say that. That ball is round any given Wednesday. Yeah. There's, there, there are some things to, to look at. I, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to come together. I do have a weird optimism still, though, okay. about the team. Good. I, and with that said, I could see, here's what I could see. You ready? Okay, let's hear it. Wednesday, I could see us getting blown off the floor. Oh, no. Losing 85, 67, uh. or something like that. Okay? Uh. And what I see is people reacting to that in a vicious way. Yeah. And just being completely irrational about it. The equivalent of five straight losses. Again, I know you beat Auburn, but like you said, it felt like a loss. But I think Alabama might just be that good. And then I could see us turning it around from that point. I could see us going into Rupp and winning. We need a good W. I, I, I feel like it's not going to come against Alabama, but we need a win. We need to get a win. We need to get off this schneid. A 2-0 and week would go a long way. That'd be good. To That'd fixing good, the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Beating Alabama, the number one team in the country, and then going to Rupp and taking care of a team that's floundering. Kentucky loses again over the weekend. They get beat by Georgia. They're on the outside looking into the tournament. They're, they're back mad at Coach Cal. If you could win at Rupp and beat Alabama in the same week, that would go a long way to fixing the vibes. Just getting win number 20 would be good. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that 19 on the – in, on the record. In, in the article I wrote yesterday, uh, you know, I talked about I still the, can't believe you wrote an article. Yeah. Well, writing used to be my first love when it came to, Mine too. to media. I used to love writing. Mine too. So I'm going to start doing it more. But, you know, the Texas game is a parallel to this game. You know, you, you played better offensively, much better offensively against Missouri. You know, that Texas game, I want to say it was like 52 to 51 or something similar to that. But you made a big comeback. That fell just short. But that was the turning point of the season last year. So, like, good things can happen after a loss. Mm-hmm. Like a win. Like a win. And, you know, like like having some players find some good things and ride those things. Or, like, get torn down and have to be rebuilt and reborn like Kenny Chandler was last year after Texas. Again, he got benched at the end of the game. And the team went on a big run without him. Maybe the same thing happens to come while. I'm hoping. In your article, did you write with any words that I would not know? Yeah, a couple. I figured you would do that. Yeah, yeah. Put a couple things in. The average reader wouldn't yeah. be able to. Yeah. What were the words? You just want to read it? I'll, I'll send it to you. No, I don't want to read it. Then I'm you just don't curious as to which words you used that I wouldn't know. I mean, you might know them, but... You, you might know him. There's nothing too special. I, no big deal. 
but yes, I I worked in on some of my uh, I worked in on some of the words that I had uh, been screenshotting. I think I could be an author. You think you could be an author? Mm-hmm. I think I could write simple books for simple people. You like children's books or not that simple. Like Louis L'Amour. I don't know. I don't know if he writes for like the fifth or sixth grade level. I don't know. That's just the name that always comes to mind when I think of those stories. He wrote like I had a Western books. Yeah, he? I had a history teacher that loved him, some Louis L'Amour. Yeah. Pop-up books? Nicholas Sparks. That's always one you see that, like, I don't know what any of those books, aren't they like they all romance seem, books? Yeah, they all seem my very grandma, simple. Yeah. My grandma was telling me she likes... Um, well, they all got turned into movies. Those books, I think. They all got turned into movies. A Walk to Remember, Notebook. I asked her, I said, those are like love stories, aren't they? She said, yeah. yeah. You or think you could write stories. a love story? What's that? You think you could write a love story? If it ended tragically. I could write a heartbreak well, story. Well, all the Nicholas Parks do end in heartbreak. There are a lot of them. Do they? A lot of them. Like The Notebook, spoiler alert. They he die dies. at the end. Both of them. Oh, they do. A walk to remember. Spoiler alert: Mandy Moore cancer. What? Um, what is a love story that ends happily? Are, are there are there supposed to be happy endings in books? Love story that ends up. I don't read a lot of fiction anyway. I, I like uh, nonfiction. I like reading about things that happened. I think history is my thing. Okay. Just reading about a time and a place in history, an event that occurred. I think I like that more than anything. You can write a book if you want. Eh, nobody'd read it. They might. Plus, it's hard to get that sum. Because if you're a good book writer, you get the sum up front to write it. In advance, I believe they call it, from the publisher. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of similar to like the music industry and... A lot of other things. Putting out an album? I could put out an album. I'd listen. Comedy or music? Music. Can you do like some comedy? Have you ever thought about doing comedy music? That's like the cheapest thing, the the or the hackiest thing. They say like if you if a comedian brings like a guitar on the stage, you know that the guy sucks, basically. Adam Sandler sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say Adam Sandler made a pretty good well, career out of it. Yeah, but for for his time, you know, like I, he he was kind of one of the first to do it, so maybe he gets a pass. But like, why well, even mean like and doing then like Rodney Carrington? I do like Rodney Carrington. Well, I don't even mean like doing your stand up comedy like routines of music. I'm talking about doing a comedy album that you do funny songs, like Rodney Carrington. I don't really. I was thinking more like Bear said Adam Sandler. Yeah. Funny songs? Yeah. Edgy. I don't I got a piece of car. I don't, it doesn't get very far. Uh, who was the guy who did uh I'm a everyday average ordinary guy and uh I'm staying home dad. I'm Steve Mother Yeah Polychronopolis. You're talking Poly- about Joe Walsh? Polychronopolis. Ordinary average guy. No, 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 no. Adam Sandler's no, this guy's, Polychronopolis. You know, he's he's hilarious. Yeah. I don't think that He doesn't really he's not familiar with uh I don't think funny songs Adam hold Sandler up albums uh, anymore. Uh, 
The I, one, I, don't think, I don't know. People were moved to tears whenever Sandler did the the funny tribute well, that was to, not to Chris funny. Farley. It was still funny. It, was, it had a couple funny people moments. Moved, uh, people were moved to tears from it. That was very emotional. It still works. That's what I'm saying. That's Sandler's, that's Sandler's line. The, the Hanukkah song still hits. Yeah. Uh, the loneliness of the long, uh, the, the field goal kicker. I don't know. Sandler never really Picking did Picking daisies. Me. That type Sandler of comedy. Never did it for me. What? That type of comedy is not really Sandler my. Sandler never did it for it's me. It's a bit lowbrow for guy, my taste. This guy's oh. one of the biggest names in comedy yeah. in the past 30 years. I, I, I know he's popular. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy's popular too, but it's, you know, not compare really him my, to Jeff Foxworthy. It's not really my thing. Jeff Foxworthy is the highest selling comedian of all time. Yeah, for like four years. Jeff Foxworthy has probably made more money, I think, than any comedian. That well, maybe not. Be, no. that maybe not. Maybe not. Not the no. movie guys. Not the movie guys like Kevin Hart. And Jeff Foxworthy is is the my pillow guy of comedy. I'm telling. I'm not saying I like. No, him. people love saying, him. People love him. I mean, they say he, he, has he a, hits the heartland of America. He's not a. He's movie, the Garth Brooks of comedy. He's not a movie guy, but he was a TV guy. He's the Garth of comedy. It's worth a hundred million dollars. Damn. I mean, the. You, I mean, you might be a redneck. That was a. That was a. That was I, a great bit. I'm just talking in terms of albums sold. I think he's the highest selling. Sand, Sandler's 420, by the way. But, you know, the sold more than Richard Pryor? Comedic album. Yeah. Albums. Albums is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Comedy albums. Oh, okay. I think he's the highest selling. I mean, when you throw movies into it, Adam Sandler's worth $420 million. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of money. Uh, it's probably it's going to get more because he, he was apparently worth four hundred and twenty million, and then signed a four movie deal with Netflix worth two hundred fifty million. So like he's 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 worth a lot of money. How much is Kevin Hart worth? I would say not as much as Adam Sandler. If I was guessing, he's got to be worth a lot though. I would think maybe he is worth more. Four fifty. Yeah. What about Chappelle? Chappelle's when I looked his his only like ninety or something like that, if I remember correctly. How much do you? How much do you I walk mean, he, away from? Back he in just the day, recently 50? got a lot of million. money. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, Netflix signed a huge contract with them. Mm-hmm. It says he's worth sixty million. Is what the Google says. Kevin Hart's worth four hundred fifty. My goodness. I mean, I know he's been the biggest stand-up movies the last... man. It's the. I'll tell you one. When you become a name. movie star, like, I mean, because when you do an action movie or whatever, like, Jay Leno. I think you guess at Jay Leno's net worth. Is he worth four hundred fifty million? Man. Ellen, five hundred. All that ah. money. Trey Parker, six hundred million. Who the hell is Matt Growing? Uh, Trey Simpsons. Parker. I mean, this, this the South. That's six hundred million yeah, dollars. That can't be right. It's great. I think it's pronounced graining. Okay. But it, yeah, the guy. That's the guy. That's who, the Simpsons. Yeah. You're telling me Trey? Well, that Par- was Hank Az- Azaria or whatever. He's is one of his main voice talents, but no, the guy created it. It's okay. Matt Groening. Okay. Matt Stone, seven hundred million. So he's worth even more than Trey Parker. The South Park guys, they Are you sold. Kidding they me? They sold that. They sold that deal to uh, HBO Max or whatever, and made and a got, whole lot of money. They got the, between South Park, yeah, but their, their movies that, are always huge. You're telling me a one and a half billion dollars between yeah. the two of them? I mean that. Did their movies Mormon, cost like what? That Brooklyn Mormon uh, Broadway show made a bunch of money too. And when when you make movies for what five to ten million dollars, and they do oh, yeah, two hundred million dollars too, worldwide. Yeah, I love South Park, but I would have never guessed its value was that much i mean that was the only thing that was kind of that was the only like hit that comedy central had for a while in terms of you know right over there yeah in terms of uh, original programming i mean that was that was kind of keeping comedy central going for a while man that is uh it's just bewildering to me though that it's that much money yeah 
If you told me Trey Parker was worth more than Mick Jagger, I would have been surprised to hear. Who's Byron Allen, Bear? Byron Allen? Yeah. I, I that, think he was a defensive it, end for the uh, yeah. Falcons. TV the producer. Name, who the hell is this guy? Is it, his name sounds really familiar. He's worth $800 million. Good God. Uh, Comics Unleashed. I don't any of it, none of his shows. I don't know how he got all this damn money. Eight hundred million dollars. We though. need wow. to find a way to be <laughs> to be rich, like these guys. Jerry Seinfeld, number one, nine hundred and fifty million dollars. Number one, at those, those were all comedians. Comedians. That, I, yeah. that was a list of the highest paid comedians or the richest. Comedians. Seinfeld's worth almost a billion dollars. Yeah. No. B movie, bro. Man. End of, our, end of Hour 2 is brought to you by Linderman Sports Medicine. Visit LindermanSportsMedicine.com if you find yourself aching or have any ailments keeping you from living your best life. Dr. Laura Linderman in Memphis, Tennessee wants to help you get back in the game of life without surgery. LindermanSportsMedicine.com. LindermanSportsMedicine.com. Hour 2 in the books. We'll kick off Hour 3 with headlines. It's Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio.